You've been sold the idea that financial independence is all about some number on your account statement. Or even worse, that you don't qualify because of where you started out. That's just not true. It's not about some well-kept secret of the wealthy. It's about finding the right information and knowing how to apply it. On the Get Ready for the Future show, we're answering your questions so you can start making real financial change today. The journey to true financial independence begins right here, and it starts with you. Helping clients achieve and maintain true financial independence. It is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome aboard. We are glad to have you along. My name is Scott Inman. John Shrewsbury with me in the second chair today answering your questions and we've got things. We're all over the map today with the questions today, John. I'm ready. I, I'm really charged up. We had a we had a workshop last night or on Wednesday. I'm sorry, on Tuesday night. If you're mm -hmm. listening on radio, yep. uh, and we had great questions at the Social Security workshop, and uh, it's it's fired me up. I'm so I'm ready to go. So if you have a question, you can call or text 501-381-5228. Now heads up, we're not live right now, so or we're live streaming. But if you're listening on radio. You'll have to do that and then listen to subsequent shows to listen for your questions. So you can send a text or if you want to leave a voicemail on that number, you can ask your question and we'll get it on the air on the Get Ready for the Future show. We're talking about all kinds of things today. Uh, we're going to be talking about retirement, knowing when enough saved is enough for retirement. That's a really good question, right? And we've got questions about life insurance. A small business owner sent in a question. And we're going to talk about what to ask a financial advisor in planning for retirement. All right, so let's dive right in. Mark from Houston is first up. And I don't know if that's Houston, Texas, or Houston, Arkansas. We're going I'm to go Houston, Arkansas. Houston, Arkansas. We're going to say it's Houston, Arkansas. Mark says, I'm 61 and see retirement on the horizon. How can I determine if I have saved enough to support my lifestyle during retirement? And what steps can I take? to increase my retirement savings if I'm worried that I haven't saved enough? This is really the big question. We don't know when retirement is on the horizon for Mark. He's 61, so we know it's getting close, but I think it's the right time if, if, for him to be asking these questions when you think about, let's say, 65 is what he's gunning for here. Three or four or five years away, you still have a little bit of time Mark, to do something about it. So it's a very critical time in analyzing your investment strategy, how your investments are currently situated, how they are allocated, and determining your income needs and desires in retirement. And that's really the focus, John. It's really not the, the account value or, or the total asset sum when he says, how do I know if I've saved enough for retirement? That's going to come into play, but it's not the first question. It, it really is not, Scott. And when you stop and think about it, Mark, I think that you need to recognize that every great event and your retirement is going to be a great event. It's going to be something that you you have dreamed about and you, is finally coming to fruition. But every great event involves two things. One is a plan and the other is a coach. And you need both of them right now. You need that written plan that basically takes all of these questions and finds answers, but puts that down on paper with a very specific purpose. What's your purpose? Well, you want to begin with the end in mind. What you want to do is you want to figure out how much income do I need in retirement and how much can I actually generate from my retirement savings, my Social Security, if I have a pension. And you have to go through the process. We call it here at GenWealth the ready-to-retire process, but there is a whole... Uh, 
kind of gamut of math and science that goes into helping you to understand and establish that stream of regular predictable income. Let's stop and face it, Scott. What Mark is trying to do is he's trying to get ready to replace a paycheck. Mm-hmm. And that paycheck comes on a regular basis. Now, it's usually probably every two weeks for most employers. It'll probably be once a month, but it could be every couple of weeks if you set up your retirement strategy right. But that's really what you're trying to do is you're trying to find a replacement for that paycheck that you've worked all of your life with the support of it going into your bank account. You need nothing to really change once you hit retirement. Yeah, so you need to analyze that paycheck. And are you spending all of it or are you spending it on some things that you won't be spending it on in retirement? Big and, deal is yeah. is that you're not making retirement contributions right. in retirement like you are right now. So that gives you some margin. Yeah, and if you pay off your debt prior to retirement or if you've already paid off that debt, that's great. But a lot of people are, are going to work towards that plan to have a mortgage paid off. So you could eliminate a significant portion of your expenses in that way before you retire. So it's a holistic planning process to get that income to know what you're going to be uh, at on a monthly need and a monthly want, the discretionary income stacked on top of it. We call it required income and desired income. And I think a little bit later on in today's show, we've got another question that's going to help us kind of build that out of how we invest to provide that income. But to the second part, I think of Mark's questions, what steps can I take to increase my retirement savings if I'm worried that I haven't saved enough? Well, the first part of your question, I think, is to the answer is to get the plan in place. I think that can help alleviate the worry part of it, but it may include ramping up those contributions. That's what the planning process does. You come in, you see a, a Gen Wealth financial advisor, walk through the ready-to-retire process, get a written retirement income plan on paper, on purpose, see the numbers, and then you'll know where your gaps are. Maybe we need to increase retirement savings. Are you taking advantage, and Mark is 61, so he has the opportunity, because he's over 50, to increase uh, contributions to his employer-sponsored plans, because the catch-up provision allows him to do that, whether it's a 401k, a 403b, or maybe it's a simple IRA. We don't know what kind of employer plan he has, but that's the first place I would look, is to increase contributions to that. Yeah, and, and there, here's another one. Think about reducing your expenses in retirement, and I'm not talking about you living on rice and beans or anything of that nature. Here's what I'm talking about. Ask yourself this question. What is the biggest bill that you have to pay in retirement? I can tell you it is the tax bill. It is the bill that basically comes every time you make a withdrawal and there is a withholding of federal and state taxes. Now, the good news is that Arkansas just reduced its state income tax, but the federal income tax is not going down. So if you are uh, 61 now, Mark, and maybe you're not going to retire until 65 or 67 or whatever the case may be, you may be able to make some moves from a tax planning standpoint to reduce the amount of tax that you would pay during retirement. And this is a, a, a somewhat complex, drawn-out strategy. But, Scott, the biggest tax bill, if you think about it, for most of our clients, they're going to pay anywhere from 20 to 30% of their gross income. It's going to come right off the top and go to the IRS and the state of Arkansas. And if you have opportunities to actually lower that taxable income, and there are strategies that we have that can help you to do that, then you've got a leg up on not needing as much income because you're not paying as much in taxes. Put a little meat on that bone, because when you think about taxes, people think about 
that when they walk up into retirement and often realize, I've put all of this into pre-tax contributions into qualified retirement accounts. Right. What can I do to change that? Well, here, here's the first thing you need to know. There's no magic wand you can wave and not pay taxes, right? Right. That money has not been taxed. You have put it into a qualified account, whether it stays in your 401k or whether it rolls out to an IRA prior to you uh, entering retirement. As soon as those funds come out, it's going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. So don't fall for any uh, pitch that is out there that I, you can avoid taxes, right? We're not talking about avoiding taxes. No, you're talking about reducing it. Reducing it. And that's where it comes into play. And really, the only one of the main uh, mechanisms we can look at, John, is to determine if Roth conversions uh, could be a viable option for you. Where your tax rate is now versus where your tax rate is in the future it may be lower and it may not make sense, but in those first years of retirement, John, if you're going to be in a lower tax rate, that's when it may make sense to start converting some of the IRA and 401k money to Roth. Yeah, and there is a, a, a double benefit here because if you do that Roth conversion and do maybe even a series of Roth conversions before you retire, when you hit Social Security retirement age, that Roth is going to be a very, very util, uh, yeah. useful tool uh, for you because Roth income is not included in the calculation that they go through to determine how much of your social security is taxed. Now, I know that that just kind of went around by Laura's house for a lot of folks and maybe went in one ear and out the other, but understand that it's not just converting to a Roth IRA that's your benefit. It is the benefit of reducing the potential for tax on your social security. Of course, everybody's situation is different. We would need to sit down and run the numbers and take a look at whether or not this would be beneficial, particularly to Mark or really anybody who is listening to this, Scott. Uh, it is a very, very individualized situation, whether you can do this or whether it's going to be effective for you. But you know what? It's a whole lot better to check than to just go, oh, well, I'm just going to do it anyway, because that tax bill is not going to get less in retirement. It's going to be more as time goes on. So some major takeaways here, Mark, for you is to begin with the end in mind. Think about income versus just how much you have saved. Uh, don't forget to consider how much taxes you're going, how, mu how much you're going to have to pay in taxes in retirement. And if you're behind on your retirement savings, planning can let you know how much more you need to throw at it in your pre-retirement years. If you have questions like Mark had, you can call or text them to us at 501-381-5228. You can hear your questions on the Get Ready for the Future show. I do want to take one quick second to say we mentioned about paying off debt in your pre-retirement years so you can lower your expenses in retirement. Uh, did see that earlier this week there was a report released that credit card delinquencies are on the rise. People are not paying off their balances. We know we've, we've done reports earlier in the year that credit card debt is at an all-time high. Now there's an increase in people uh, not being able to pay off that debt. And that story was the premise for uh, our appearance recently on Yahoo Finance Live, a live streaming uh, morning show that they have. They asked us to be a part of it. I got to be a part of it. And we talked about credit card debt. And we kind of parlayed that appearance into this week's Fastest Four. So if you want to learn a little bit more about some steps you can take, if you're having some thoughts about credit cards and using them more as things start to get more expensive, not start to get more expensive, as things have been more expensive, or if you are in debt and need a way out, uh, be sure to check out one of those two 
things. You can see our appearance on Yahoo Finance Live by going to any of our social media pages, Gen Wealth's uh, fin- uh, Financial Advisors Facebook page or our Twitter page. We've got them sitting, got that segment sitting there. You can also check out the fastest four minutes in finance. It's on the radio program. It's also available to you uh, by texting the word FAST uh, to 501-381-5228. Next question. Chris from Maumel says, I work and my wife stays home with the kids. I have a life insurance policy through work, but is it enough and does she need a policy too? Great question from Chris and life insurance is so vital to the pre-retirement plan, right? When we talk about arriving at financial independence, achieving true financial independence, life insurance becomes the backstop that makes sure you will still get there even if something happens like a spouse losing their life. So, John, let's talk a little bit about that. He's asking about himself and his wife. Now, he says he has a life insurance policy through work. That typically, we don't know that for sure, but typically is a group policy they're they're very cost effective and we certainly encourage people to get as much as you can get there in many cases but they are oftentimes not portable well and they're not portable and oftentimes they are not relevant to your overall financial plan and here's what i mean there is probably some arbitrary number that your employer has decided that they will offer in terms of this group life policy it might be three times your salary or two times your salary or whatever the case may be. But that really doesn't necessarily connect to what your need is. And Scott, one of the uh, biggest disturbing things that I have witnessed over my career in the financial services industry over the last 30 years or so has been sort of the decline in the emphasis or even, uh, frankly, the the feeling of I don't need any life insurance. My family will be OK. You know, there's this, there's that. And and that's really starkly different than when I grew up as, as a kid. Now, my parents sat me down and made me buy a life insurance policy when I was 18 years old. It was the wrong kind of life insurance, but they made me do it. Yeah. But here's the key. You have to look at, okay, if I am not here tomorrow and my income need continues, how will my family make up that difference? That's really the core question. And oftentimes those employer plans are insufficient to actually meet that need. And we can walk through with you what that need actually is and help you to understand how to buy very economical term life insurance that you own that's not dependent on you keeping that job. Because I've seen it happen time and time and time again. Somebody has a nice life insurance policy at their work. Then for whatever reason, they leave that job. Maybe they, they get a new job and it doesn't have quite as big a benefit and all of a sudden, their planning kind of goes out the window. You need that life insurance component to be a stable force in your financial plan that is the backup, the safety net, that if you're not here, all of the planning that you've done continues to, to happen. Things like sending your kids to college, uh, being sure that the house is paid for as far as the mortgage is concerned, being sure that your family has a sufficient amount of income. And look, I'm not backing up the hearse or trying to get anybody to try to overbuy life insurance. We believe in buying very inexpensive term life insurance to meet an income replacement need. But it is very uh, critical that you look at that as part of an overall financial plan. So let's talk about why we like term life insurance. I think there's there's two 
two answers to that question. You already alluded to it. It's inexpensive, right? We, we want to get as big of a death benefit as we can for as little of a premium cost. So when you talk about these cash value policies, you're going to be paying more than the premium. You're going to right. be putting money in, obviously, to build the cash value. We believe let the money for insurance be the money for insurance and the money for investing be the money for investing. So there's a cost effectiveness to it. I think the other part of it is, too, is the reason we like term is unless there is a, a, a need or a desire in retirement to leave a life insurance death benefit behind, there's not likely uh, not likely a need in the general planning process once you reach retirement, if you've done everything that your written plan has detailed for you to do and you achieve true financial independence, your assets self-fund those you leave behind. Scott, there's, this is, there are some exceptions to this, but let's say in a general rule, a life insurance policy is for when you don't have enough money for those things to happen. Once you become financially independent, then the need for life insurance greatly decreases or could, in fact, go away. Now, again, there are some exceptions to that rule, but that is generally the way that I think most people approach it. Typically, when you're talking about this type of life insurance, you're talking about a young family who have kids, they have a house mortgage, they may have some debt, they, you know, all of the things of life are big demands on your income. And that goes for the husband or the wife the wife provides great amount of work and services at home that you'd frankly have to go pay for if something happened to her. Mm -hmm. So clearly a life insurance policy is something that you depend on. It is something that you have a need for and really is something that needs to be bought outside of work and allow the benefit that you have at work to be either an add-on or to be part of your overall plan. Yeah, so that was the one part of Chris's question was that his wife stays home with the kids, but there is some value in addressing what kind of life insurance need your wife has as well, even though it's not an income that she, you would be replacing. There would be a cost in keeping the kids, in watching the kids, uh, house maintenance, anything that she does. She's still got a job, right? You may She may not be getting a paycheck from an employer for it, but she is definitely uh, providing some some value to that uh, home that needs to be looked at in terms of how would it be replaced if she uh, was to lose her life. Now, I think that that really highlights, we don't know how old Chris and his wife are, but let's say they're 30, then that kind of is an example that you'd probably be looking at if, if they're, thir let's say, 35 and they want to retire at 65, building that retirement income plan now, uh, even though they're 30 years away from their projected retirement, that shows you the value in it is because they would likely only need a 30-year term policy to get them to retirement because they would also be saving and investing and be able to reach financial independence at age 65. Scott, our uh, production team just told me that our segment, uh, your segment on Yahoo Finance is actually the link to that is in our live stream comments. So awesome. if you're watching on the live stream or if you're watching uh, on YouTube, you can go down in the comments and click on uh, the link there after the show. And you can take a look at uh, Scott's appearance on Yahoo Finance. And if you've got questions for us on the Get Ready for the Future show, we've got a number to take down, 501-381-5228. Again, it's 501-381-5228. Now, that serves as both a way to text us a question, or you can call that number and leave a voicemail, and we'll uh, play your question on the air. Time for our next one. This one's from Craig in Little Rock. 
And Craig writes, I'm 59 and a small business owner. I don't have much in retirement accounts because my business has always been my retirement plan. Now that I'm closer to retiring, thinking about selling my business is scary, and I'm not sure if that's the right move, if it'll be enough on its own, and what my other options are. What do you recommend? Well, not knowing all the details of Craig's situation, let me say that that you know there are some things that you can do depending on the type of business that you have, how many employees you have, and that type of thing. There may be some things in these last years of your business that you could salt away a pretty good amount of money into retirement programs. Now, those things are, are somewhat complex and, and you want to sit down with someone to go through that, but that might be an option to give you some additional retirement dollars since you don't have a lot in retirement right now. But let's talk about the business. Uh, number one, can the business continue and can you receive benefits from that business? Here's what I'm talking about. Oftentimes when you think about selling a business, there may be a, a cash sale that you do. So you'd have to have a big check, pay taxes on that money, and then live off of the remainder. So that would have to be a, a fairly sizable business transaction to happen there for you to be able to sustain yourself in retirement. Something that I've seen, Scott, over the years is that if you have an employee in your business and that employee is likely the person that's going to take over your business. Maybe they're going to buy you out. Maybe you can make an arrangement where you owner finance that business for that employee and still be involved somewhat in the business and maybe slowly eke your way out the door and continue to receive income from that business. That could be a way that you could capitalize on this. Obviously, when you take a look at a business uh, in a transaction like this, the first thing you have to know is what is the value that you're dealing with? What is the valuation on that business? Now, that, and that's not something that you want to suppose or make up a number or whatever the case may be. Uh, when you talk about a business transaction of this type of size, then you want a certified valuation analyst to take a look at that business and actually give you a value. This is much like getting an appraisal on a home if you're about to sell the home. You don't just throw a number out there. You actually get an appraiser to value that business. And so you will know what the value of that business is going forward and know after taxes what you would likely be able to work with. But I think that the big issue here, Scott, is what's that capital gain tax going to look like? It could be yeah. 15% Depending on the size of the business, it might be as much as 20% mm -hmm. in federal capital gain tax. And, of course, that calculation goes against what you call your basis in the business. And that's where you visit with your accountant to figure out how much money you've actually put in the business. The gain between how much you put in and how much you sell it for, roughly, that is what is the taxable in that business transaction. Yeah, so much to that. And, you know, I think about when you talk about valuations, you know, you're a small business owner, you and J Janet and, and Kimmy, you know, and you think about the the name of this business is Genwell Financial Advisors. It's not right. John Shrewsbury Financial Advisors, right? right? So there, there's a lot to that valuation being determined by did you brand it in a way um, that it could be continued to be valued if you're not in the picture. That's right. Because if it were John Shrewsbury Financial Advisors and John Shrewsbury's gone, then it has to change its name, which has all kinds of marketing implications to it and, and some comfort level of clients and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And so there, this is a complicated issue. Yeah. 
clearly it's one that you need professional advice. Now, I will tell you that we don't do business valuations. That's not in our uh, line of expertise, but there are people in our community who do. We help you to think about the backside of that transaction and say, okay, how is it that I can live in retirement on the proceeds of that business? And then also weigh out what the structure of that payout might look like. And I think all of those things are greatly uh, germane to the question that we've got here, Scott. Also, there's a talking sense mm-hmm. uh, segment that we want to alert our, our viewers and listeners to as well. Yeah, if you're not aware of uh, Talking Sense, uh, it's part of uh, the Gen Wealth Radio Hour. It's also a standalone podcast. It's Marcus Osorio and Teresa Arago who uh, host that, and they did an episode on small business owners and their options for retirement. If you'd like to take a listen to that, it's episode 101 when you search Talking Sense wherever you get your podcast. So a good opportunity there. Absolutely. And I think that, that you know, first of all, if you are a business owner and you can sell your business and hopefully retire on it, congratulations, yeah. because most people don't get to do that. Mm-hmm. Most small businesses fail. So if you are in a situation where you've kind of rode this this horse all the way to your point of retirement, Congratulations, because you've done something that a lot of people struggle to get to. I will throw in as we wrap up that question, another uh, group of people that we do have a lot of experience working for that's very similar to that. They, It's really not a small business. They are the owner operator, but we have a lot of people who've come through our doors that own, John, uh, a bunch of rental homes, right? Yep. And, and that was going to be their big payoff or is their big payoff at the end. They haven't really put a lot in investment accounts because they have had rental income going, but as they get older, they have recognized that, you know what, this is a lot of work, right? Yeah. I need to divest myself uh, from all these properties and turn those assets into liquid assets and create an income plan for myself in retirement. Yeah. The the calls in the middle of the night of a pipe busting or, you know, somebody ruining your uh, rental home because, I don't know, they were doing something nefarious in it or whatever the case may be, those things you don't want to deal with in retirement. Retirement is supposed to be one of these things that that you really enjoy, and you don't have to worry about where that next check is coming from and whether the rent's going to be on time or anything of that nature. So people do build up a, a portfolio of rental property, but then they look to sell that to maybe a professional investor or whatever the case may be, then take those proceeds and utilize that in their retirement. All right, last question for us today on the Get Ready for the Future show. Dennis from Conway asks, I'm 67 years old with 650000 in assets. In planning for retirement, what questions should I be asking a financial advisor? That list, Dennis, could be pretty long, but we're going to hit you, hit you with a few of the big ones. I think the first one we've already kind of talked about with our first question today, you should be asking yourself and then the financial advisor as well, how do I replace my paycheck? And I'm going to be honest, if they ask some financial advisors that, they're going to get a really inquisitical look on their face. Yeah, they, they are. It's not common. Even today, John, when we know that's the big deal, Out the outcome is income when it comes to solving the retirement problem. It is still so oftentimes about investments only. Yeah, and Scott, I think the, the key in this particular question is you want to ask the question, Tell me about your retirement income strategy. Mm -hmm. If that retirement income strategy involves something like, oh, we're going to invest the money and we're going to draw 4% out of it and the investments are going to basically outrun your 4% withdrawal rate, then what needs to run is you out the door. 
because I don't think that is a viable strategy for someone who wants financial independence and security in retirement. It does a, a uh, systematic withdrawal plan work in retirement. It does until it doesn't. And when it doesn't is when the market takes a protracted downturn and you're having to sell a larger and larger and larger number of shares to generate the same income. And you're seeing that account balance dwindle as time goes on. And it's in a free fall without any kind of support or anything of that nature. So I think that's the first question that I would ask. If you're going to talk to a financial advisor about retirement income planning, ask yourself or ask that financial advisor, what are your qualifications to do this and what is your strategy? Because it is the right strategy that makes all the difference. I think about a lot of the clients that we've seen recently come in the door and they've talked about, uh, and, and in fairness, a lot of this is they've still got their money in their 401k and the advisor they are seeking advice from is through that company, through that big in, uh, employer plan. So they're calling an 800 number, and that's a, a big challenge as well because it's right. hard for them to get to know you uh, on the other end of an 800 number uh, and and understand everything that they're working with. But so oftentimes they've told me, the clients have said, you know, the only advice or only retirement planning I've got is you're contributing X amount, you're going to have X amount when you retire, you'll be okay. That's it. Like that, that, I don't know. I don't know what they're supposed to do with that. Yeah, I I don't either. I I just worked with uh, a person who is in their seventies and had been with one of the big investment firms, you know, uh, online investment firms for a long time, and things have been going just fine. Well, I do an analysis, and the risk profile that they have does not match at all their age and their situation, and and frankly, their need for income. Uh, and they're generating taxes because they're having to sell highly appreciated assets to generate income. So there's a lot involved here that is is somewhat detailed, but you do want to be sure that you are talking to someone who can run the right play. And the right play, as far as we're concerned, is to solidify and and establish a stream of income that you have coming in that meets your basic income needs in retirement that you can't outlive. And regardless of what happens in the market or the economy or whatever, that income is going to continue. And then on top of that, begin a bucketing strategy where you have the ability to draw money from a very low volatility asset to allow you to not do what we call in our industry, reverse dollar cost averaging. Scott, that is a danger that a lot of people don't even know what that term is, Mm -hmm. but it can take down a portfolio precipitously if we have a long-term downturn in the market. Yeah, so you think about what is dollar cost averaging. Well, dollar cost averaging is when you're building wealth, when you're accumulating, it is it is something that works in your favor potentially because when the market is down like it has been for the last 15, 16 months or so, you are in essence buying shares of whatever investment you're buying on sale at a discount. So if and when the market goes back up, you'll have accumulated more shares. That can be additive to uh, your uh, financial situation when you are accumulating. But when you are distributing, which is what you're going to do in retirement, you are actually selling those shares. And if the market goes down while you are selling, it can be uh, an accelerator to what we call sequence risk. Uh, it, and that is an accelerator to the depletion of your assets. So what you want to do is to be able to take the risk off the table 
on the money you're using in the near term. And we would describe the near term as maybe it's six months to a year in cash and then pass that the next three or four years in a lower risk, conservative investment strategy so that any market fluctuation is deferred for down the road because this is all about time horizon, John. It is. And and Scott, I want to add one other thing real quickly to this equation is I think that that you have to not just ask about the front end of this transaction. You have to ask about the ongoing uh, nature of your retirement and how that advisor is going to sit down with you and not just look at investments, but look at all of the things that are involved in retirement. Things like tax planning, long-term care, uh, estate planning, all of the things that are involved in the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. If your advisor is not talking to you about those things and deeply involved in that, not just saying, hey, you ought to go do this, but they're deeply involved in helping you to make sure that all of those boxes are checked, then you're really getting the, the short end of the deal because this is not a transaction. This is a relationship, and that relationship needs to be backed up with education it needs to be backed up with a strategy, and it needs to be backed up with a team that can help to deliver all of those things to you during your retirement years. Also need to consider planning versus product. And John's just laid out how planning is so important. But if you walk into that uh, financial advisor's office and the first thing they talk about is the investment product you're going to need before they really discuss any of those things that John talked about, that's the wrong uh, place to be as well. Well, you heard the bell there. That means it is time for our final thoughts. Uh, a lot to recap here on today's show. John, what's your final thought? Well, I, I go back to the first question that we had, Scott, from Mark from Houston and and looking at, at uh, retirement, being a little bit uncertain about whether you've got enough saved or whether now's the right time to retire and all of those types of things. You're going to continue to have those questions until you sit down and address the problem. I think oftentimes people just kind of walk along and, and worry about these things and, and wonder about it, but there's a great deal of satisfaction and, and frankly confidence that is built once you sit down and analyze your situation. And sometimes what you will find is that there's a great surprise there that you figure out, hey, I'm not as far behind as I thought I was mm -hmm. because it is not about the lump sum money that you have, but about the amount of income that you can generate to replace your paycheck in retirement. And I think to build on that for my final thought, I, I, we know a lot of people have these questions and we know right now they're almost afraid of the answers. Yeah. You know, with inflation up, the stock market down, I always feel like I need to start singing Hank Jr. songs. <laughs> inflation is up, interest is up, and the stock market's down, and that's inflation right. is up. You know, that people are a little worried about doing anything right now, but that's the wrong attitude to have. No, you, can, uh, you cannot make progress from a position of fear. Yeah. You have to be in a position of power, and power comes through education and through having expertise at your disposal that can address the problem. You can get started by going to 15minuteretirement.com and evaluate your chance of a successful retirement. You can also text the word CHECKUP to 501-381-5228 to go through a successful a checkup of your retirement chances in 15 minutes or less. That is all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. As always, we thank you for being with us. We thank you uh, to our listeners who have turned in questions. Get your questions to us, 501-381-5228. 
Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Independent Advisor Alliance. Independent Advisor Alliance and GenWealth Financial Advisors are separate entities from LPL Financial.